but it shows them like printing these books and they leave off the ending and they're talking about these kids are going to be left not knowing what happens to whatever was in that book and i feel like that's where we are in teaching the bible you know our kids know jesus in the manger they know jesus on the cross they know jesus uh, raising from the tomb they, they you know walking on water riding the donkey those things but they don't know he's coming back and riding on the white horse that picture is not there you're listening to the pantry podcast part of the spark podcast network now playing on the edify app Hey, I'm Shay. And I'm Michelle. And this is the Pantry Podcast Season 8, Road to Revelation. We're here to help you crave a healthier spiritual diet by teaching you to ask the right questions, seek the right answers in the right place, God's Word, and break free of the junk food the world wants to shove down your throat. We live in a broken world. We can fall down in despair or rise up for our wedding day. This season, we're looking at what it really means to be the bride of Christ in the end times and the many things we can learn from the book of Revelation that will guide us today, tomorrow, and to the end of time. Join us and fellow listeners from 47 states and 66 countries as we marinate on the Word of God, clear the junk from our pantries, and feast on real, everlasting food. Support the show by sharing this episode with two friends that need a godly snack and becoming a partner at patreon.com slash thepantrypodcast for as low as $5 a month. And now let's dig into the meal. Hey. Hey. What's up? I'm good. I'm I'll, good today. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'm excited to be here, man. It is so good to be here with all of our listeners. I want to shout out Abby Shibley, uh, yes. a good valued listener who always gives us feedback. Thank you so much for listening yes. to the show. It is awesome that you're here with us. It's awesome that y'all are joining us. We're here just to dig into the word of God to get some good facts towards how we should raise children. Um, I think this episode is called White Horse, right? His White oh, Horse. Oh, his White Horse. Yes. Oh, you know what? That is awesome because watch this. Revelations 19, 11 says, then I saw heaven open and behold, a white horse. The one sitting on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. I think we, this, this verse just is going to encapsulate what we're going to hear today. What we're going to hear from our guests that we have on. It's going to bring us to another side of our King. Um, because I think sometimes we hear the fluff. We hear the, oh, the grace, the mercy, the peace, the love. And, and do, I'm telling you, that is 100%. But sometimes we don't understand that he comes riding on a white horse. And I think that sometimes we don't allow uh, this subject to kind of filter down into our lower ranks. And when I say that, raising our children up to serve the Lord. And today we just have an awesome guest. Yes, yes. No, we just wrapped up Christmas a couple of weeks ago. And I think people are very familiar with you know, the, the kids' books about Christmas and about Easter. But there's one very important part of Jesus's timeline that we're going to be talking about today with our special guest. His name is Jake McCandless, and he is the executive director of Stand Firm Ministries and the lead pastor of Epic Church NWA in Springdale, Arizona, Arkansas, in Springdale, Arkansas, and multiple award-winning author. He's got a BA in Bible and Pastoral Studies from Central Baptist College and an advanced master's of divinity from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's now a weekly contributor for Israel, Islam, and the End Times and Armageddon News. He has authored books such as the award-winning Spiritual Prepper, award-winning devotional books, Invincible and Four Uncertain Times, and the groundbreaking children's book, Jesus and His White Horse. He is also a regular guest on national and international radio and streaming web shows, along with hosting his weekly live streaming program, Talking Stand Firm, and the brand new podcast, Stand Firm Parents. So welcome, Jake. It's awesome to have you. Yeah, it's awesome to have you on, brother. Hey, it's awesome to do this. This is going to be a fun topic. Uh, oh, I, mean, yeah. I love this intersection, you know, because typically I'm just doing prophecy stuff and talking about, but we're talking about teaching it to kids, which is definitely on my heart. Yeah. 
I, I think that that's one of the key aspects of this. Because I mean, so we come from a church that they teach the Bible. It, it's not. It's, it's not. It's <laughs> not like, well, you I, know, that, I, right? I hate that I have to like claim that, but yeah. it's like even. In, but even when we talk about our our daughter, you know, the things that she'll come out of the nursery with with the knowledge of, and that's because you know they don't hold back the punches. And I and you know when this book came across my lap, I'm sitting there. I'm like, yo, this is awesome. This is like the war war torn Jesus. You know, it's like he's gonna come. No. Not torn. I guess torn's a bad word because he's victorious. But you know, it's kind of this that phraseology we'd use for for this world. And and it also makes me think of verses along the lines of "Do not think I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword." And and so you see this embattlement and this cry. So where does this bring you into all of this? And why would you write a children's book that really empowers Jesus as the King and not just the fluff? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a long story around to how that it, it ended up. I mean, ma- mainly I wanted we're trying to teach this to my kids and there's no resource out there. So I've right. got two daughters and we're wanting to teach them the the whole story. Um, you know, Christmas just ended during, during Christmas. My family tries to make a list of all the Christmas shows we're going to watch. And, uh, <laughs> and my, my favorite is elf, uh, the, the Will Ferrell elf show. And in the show, it has a, a book children's book publisher who is, um, He's on the naughty list, but it shows him like printing these books and they leave off the ending. And they're talking about these kids are going to be left not knowing what happens to whatever was in that book. And I feel like that's where we are in teaching the Bible. You know, our kids know Jesus on the main in the manger. They know Jesus on the cross. They know Jesus uh, raising from the tomb. They they, know walking on water, riding the donkey, those things. But they don't know he's coming back and riding on the white horse. That picture is not there. And so I really feel like it. We were trying to just tell the rest of the story. Um, and, and really just kind of fill in the blanks. And, you know, I really, our heart is where the journey started for me was Matthew 24, 10, that many will turn away. And, you know, whether we're in that time or not, we're definitely seeing that happen. And it's mostly happening to young people as they hit that high school, um, young adult age. And it's, it's, so it began, how, what can we do? And, uh, I think a big part of that is, is telling them the whole story, giving them the end. Cause it's like, we leave them out. Like they can't handle it. And so, th- I mean, that's really kind of the, the short of where Jesus's white horse came from. Yeah, no, I, I love, I mean, honestly for our listeners, this is why we even wanted Jake on the show because of this book. And then we learned all the other things that we're going to be talking about today that you, that you're a part of and the reasons behind that. But you're right. The end is where honestly, where the hope is. And what's funny yeah. is when you leave out his return, and the millennial age and his forever kingdom and new Jerusalem, when you leave all of the revelation portion out, you kind of are left with this. It would make sense why the prosperity gospel would, would pe- yeah. like bump up because like he died yeah. so I could live right. the end. Great. I can live. I can live great. I can be great. Then I get to go to heaven and keep being great. Great. And yet revelation shows that no matter how far or how advanced or how many Christian content creators are out there, the world keeps getting worse and worse because there's an inevitable antichrist that's coming, but we have hope and it shows our own works aren't, aren't a thing, you know? And I, and I, and I love, I love that. And I, and I'm curious, you know, what have the children that you've been around that have read this book, like what has their response been? And have you seen a change in how they view Jesus after they know, I guess, this yeah, quote unquote ending or the beginning that's of been the, the beautiful yeah. part. Uh, so I, I started my writing journey in like 2016 and my first book was spiritual prepper. And, uh, and then, so never had on the radar doing a children's book. Uh, but 
you know, once I wrote it, I'm like, okay, 450 words versus 50,000 words. This is, <laughs> this is the thing I want to do this moving forward. But, but no, the, the very cool part is, is getting to get the pictures of kids reading the books, you know, hearing the stories, hearing those things, but really in the process. So it was really more of this. Could we do it? Could we tell the story to kids? And I mean, that's where it started. Uh, and then what came out, it, I mean, wasn't necessarily on purpose. It's just kind of where it ended up It where it should end up. But it, it really, I think for all ages, you read it and the, the return becomes a positive thing. I think for most of us that the return is negative. And I know someone's out there going to say, but there's judgment with it. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> but for the believer, it's, it's, it's the beginning of everything. I mean, it is the Lord coming back for us. And, and so one, just all ages it's positive. I mean, it's this positive, Oh, this, this is a, a positive thing. So that's, that's been a, a big one, but it's really crazy. The, the responses we get is our kids just want to hear this over and over. Right. Uh, it's, and it's, it's the book. My kid just goes and grabs all the time. And I'm not saying that to sell them because <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's been w- this weird phenomenon, uh, that it, it's, it's something that attaches to, to the to kids. I, it, it's, it's weird. I mean, you would, you wouldn't necessarily think it, but it, it just, that's the story we get over and over. And one of the cool things is it's connection with boys. And so when I'm speaking somewhere and we've got the book table, uh, you know, it's, Typically, the boys are running up and it's not just the boys, you know, boys will get feedback from. But, you know, it's something that, it, you know, that Jesus is a warrior, Jesus with a sword in his hand, uh, you know, that kind of changes things, which you know, goes back to, you know, kind of the loss of manhood, uh, you know, and, and the masculinity of the gospel and those type right. things right. that we say. And so I, I think that's a, a byproduct that's happened. But me and my wife have talked about that. She's an elementary school teacher. And so, you know, a lot of the, the direction of how, how to do this stuff has been helped with her. And, and it's, it's just like this weird phenomenon where like, why are kids latching onto this story in such a way that they, they just want to hear it over and over. Um, so it's, 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 it's cool. I mean, I, I can't explain it, but I'm uh, glad, yeah, you know, I, I know from our own experience. So Kalia, two years old, and I mean, we're, we're already throwing this stuff in front of her. Y'all, I'm sorry. You can judge me how you want to judge me, but she doesn't know about bad people. She knows about demons. But um, <laughs> and so we throw this book in front of her and it's like, and, and I remember I'm scared and she would go away from it. I'm scared. And then like slowly but surely she comes around and now there's new vocabulary in her at two years old. Now she's like, Jesus is king. Mm-hmm. Jesus fights, you know, and, it lets, and it's just so awesome to see our two-year-old go from like the scary book. Cause I mean, there's some cool stuff in this. I mean, okay. I call it cool. And like some people might sit there and go, Whoa, is this right? But yeah. it is, I think it is right. I think that when, you know, like a Deuteronomy six, six through nine, it's how, how it says, you know, these are things that we should be teaching our children. You know, right. these commands, what, what, who God is, what God is, not just certain aspects of God, but the full encompassment of God. Because I think we miss the mark sometimes as a society in, in training our kids up. Because I am training my daughter up, and, and I don't know, maybe we can just talk about this, for battle. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, if you, if you look at society today and what we're going through today and where we're going, because this is another, I mean, we're going to jump over probably into another yeah. portion of your, your ministry too, in times. Because, I mean, we definitely know from Matthew 24 that we are in the beginning of sorrows. And so I want to prepare my child. I don't want my child just walking down the street saying, Oh, I'm good. You know, I want her to be, I want her to be discerning. Yeah. And so how do we move forward in this? How do we move forward in this discernment towards the end times and, and preparing our children for this? Yeah. It, I mean, I think there's several different layers, you know, with that. Um, you know, we, we talk about this, not giving the story because it's, it's scary or something like that, but every book our kids reads fairy tales, they have a villain yeah. and, and they have a resolution with the villain. Uh, you know, every cartoon, everything that they watch, every movie, it has that. Yet we think they can't handle it in scripture. I mean, that, that's that's crazy. And that when we're giving them an unresolved story, uh, you know, for a lot of things, I think that creates a lot of confusing confusion. I mean, my, my girls, we just we 
we introduced, you know, this story to them and, and spiritual, uh, like you said, demons and, and Satan and those things. And it, it just seems like they're able to deal with difficult, bad things in the world with more of a fuller understanding, I, I think, with that. Uh, but it's, it's talking about, you know, preparing them for what lies ahead. Um, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's, you know, we're talking about theoretically, you know, how do we do that? Uh, but it's happening in other places in the world. I mean, there's families are having, having to have conversations that, you know, as a believer, um, we're wanted, we're having to meet, you know, underground, you know, our, right. our brothers and sisters in the middle East and, and those things. And, and that was really kind of one of the starting points for me. And so we, we started with this, just the point people leaving the faith. And of course that, that got into the challenges of persecution. And when you face difficulty, you know, God allowing things to happen and, and all those things. And so a lot of my speaking early on was on, you know, persecution and, and understanding because it was a lot of it was when ISIS is rolling through the, the Middle East and those things. I remember my daughter, uh, she was at one of the, you know, totally messed up kids, you know, having to come hear these prophecy talks with their, their dad, you know? And, and so we're, uh, we're driving and she's in the back of the, the backseat of the truck. And she's, she's like, daddy, do you know people want to kill Christians? And I was like, Oh, you're listening. You know, it's, I think she was like five or six at the time. And, and then we have a conversation about that. I mean, yeah. just talking about it. I mean, right. you know, it sounds hard, but just including it. And, but, but really when we do that, it begins to show that we're holding on to something that has value. And I think right. by not not talking about the difficulties, not talking about the struggles, not talking about persevering, um, our kids miss the value that we that's when, within the gospel. Mm. That's versus you know places where there is persecution, where it is restricted. Uh, they're seeing their parents live it out, you know, with their life on the line. They're seeing the value of that, and I don't think we show the value. I think is is one aspect of that. Yeah, I would agree. Comfort can become very detrimental. I think we were talking about this yesterday in our life group about the way that we have a tendency to want to insulate our kids from all of the stumbles and the falls. And we know better than to do that in the physical. Uh, we know that falling down and getting a cut knee will help them figure it out. If they have, if they, we don't want them to touch the stove, but we know that if they do touch that stove, if, if we do not stop them that one time, you know, if we were moving too slow, They'll learn and they'll never touch it again. But when it comes to the spiritual, some of the most gung-ho believers are the ones who had to break before they <laughs> yeah. really accepted. They might've grown up their whole life in church, but then they really, it, it went from being this thing my parents do to the thing I do when they broke. And with our kids, I think that you bring up an excellent point. I, I remember when, when I was pregnant, I was paying attention to what parents in other countries that had it rougher than us in a lot yeah. of ways. How do they raise their kids? What, is, what are their kids capable of handling and doing? And also, what are the parents that have like six kids? What do they still care about on the sixth kid? Right. right? That was how I figured it out. That's a very good you know, tip. I was, <laughs> I was like, first time moms freak out more than everybody else. Yeah. So let me pay attention to like third and fourth. But when it comes to the spiritual life, bringing up the real shows the real value of Christ. Mm. That's that's so key for everyone listening to grab a hold of. Don't just try to insulate your kids from what Jesus delivers us out of and protects us from and lets us bounce back from. But instead, be very real from the beginning because kids can handle real. They, they can. And, and, yeah. and when it comes to the like the... But going back to just talking about the end times, not necessarily, the, you know, the struggle they're facing. A lot of times we, and I see this, we're, we do discovery Bible study groups uh, around our, our region. And so it's just open the Bible, let's walk through it. And so everybody's bouncing all kinds of stuff. And of course, you know, with me, we're looking at some end time stuff and, um, and people get freaked out. They're like, how can we have this, this lead us discussion with this? I'm like, 
just read the narrative, just read it as a story as it is. And I think with, with kids, I mean, if, if you just keep reading the narrative, they know the narrative. They may not know all the details. We don't know all the details. I don't know all the details, you know, but they, they know that narrative part of it. I think that goes a long way, but you're talking about struggle. Uh, so you, you mentioned in, in the bio that I've got a new podcast coming out called Stand Firm Parents. And so the whole idea is we're helping families build a faith that last. And I guess I'm gonna give away one of the shows that we've recorded, but um, I had my, my literary agent on just to talk about story. Because one of the things that I, I think it all comes down to is telling our kids the bigger story, making Christianity bigger, and then helping them live that bigger story. And so I had him on and I wanted him to tell like all the parts of a story. And so I, I was expecting, you know, uh, these characters and these journeys, you know, and so I asked him what makes a good, cause he gets books from all over the world, you know, from everybody has to read and decide what's good, what's bad. And he tells me the number one thing is conflict. And it really kicked me through me back because, you know, we're trying to project this to raising kids and he's telling me if we're going to give them a bigger story, they've got to have conflict. And it really is. And I'm still kind of reeling wow. from that interview because it's like conflict, allow my kids to have conflict. I'm trying to shelter them. <laughs> I'm trying to keep them away. <laughs> but it's, it's in that. I mean, they really have to struggle, like you said, to, to grow faith. And, and one thing that in, in our, uh, discovery Bible studies that we do. I mean, we've got people from different faiths, you know, coming in, trying to hear the word. And so, you know, our kids are being exposed to different things like that. And, you know, at first we're kind of scared and then we kind of step back and we're like, wait, we get to walk through this with them. You know, we get to hear them wrestle with their, you know, wrestle with their faith, wrestle with truth. And so, I mean, you know, as parents, it should freak us out, uh, you know, hearing conflict, but at the same time, that's what we need. That's what we all need to, to grow in our faith. Yeah. That's, I'll tell you what, mama, she lives with us in the house. Yeah, my mama. <laughs> Her mama. And she doesn't necessarily appreciate the fact that we just kind of let Kalia roll. Now, I watch her. <laughs> now I watch her. Look, she's two. I watch her. But sometimes she takes that tumble. You got to just like stand back and be like, okay, you're yep. going you're gonna to see this. And, and you know, we I know there's conflict she'll receive from outwardly as well. But I'm saying just within her own, you know, learning how to do things, she comes across these moments where, I mean, look, she falls, <laughs> you know, and then she's like, ah, but now she jumps around couches and like goes all over. Mama's downstairs like, oh, <laughs> like, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna stop my heart, girl. You're making me go gray fast. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But 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 you know what? That's good for mama. Yeah. See, I'll bet mama's downstairs. And I know mama. See, she's a prayer. And I'll bet she's down there in constant prayer as that, as that child jumps around the, the living room. Yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. I remember, uh, with, well, with, with some friends. And so, you know, I'm girl dad. I've got two girls. Right. Which, you know, your experience as well. And so, you know, we're ba- you know, babying them, all that stuff. And they had a boy about the same age. And like, he's falling off stuff, like hitting his head on concrete. And they're not even like looking or like worried. I'm like, I think he's hurt. And they're like, we want to, we want to be tough. We want to let him do that. You know? And I'm like, Oh, okay. And sure enough, he jumps up just goes on like nothing, you know? So yeah, I mean, you know, once you face conflict, go through, it. it's going to help propel you for that, that next, you know, next struggle you're facing. Cause we're going to face struggle. I mean, Jesus yeah. said, what do you say? You know, each day has enough trouble on its own. You know, right. he, he knew the human condition uh, right. and it does. He said, let tomorrow trouble. What is a trouble itself? Right. In other no. words, I've got control of this. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about what's going to happen. And she, I mean, fortunately, unfortunately, I don't know. It depends on what kind of parenting style you might have, (laughs) but our little girl has an army daddy. And so I'm like, uh, people like, Oh, she's going to melt you. I'm like, now I'm building her up to be a warrior. I don't know about (laughs) y'all. I know. Well, I've probably been softened some, so. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe as she gets older. Well, I think also as she gets older, 
because of she remembers we all remember as a psych major who studied the brain I tossed out all the junk right when I came to Christ (laughs) but what remains is that we tend to focus on what has brought conflict in our life to go back what you were saying about conflict being the most powerful part of the story that dictates the fight or flight response that's in us and the more conflict you go through and allow Jesus to to like lead you through it the more you learn how to navigate it and you might not see it as a conflict next time because it's right. not the same. But when you are operating strictly relying on yourself, you might say, I got to run or I got to fight and it's the wrong move, but you're doing it on your own. And so fear comes and grows so big, you know, but when you're, when you're falling down all the time, it's that you learn how to move your feet. Not like she's like a little athlete already at two and a half. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see that, but, um, but as far as revelation as a whole, I want to know, and you were about to say something. So say that first, but then I do <laughs> well, want yeah, to so know. I, yeah. You know, a big part of our ministry, helping people remain faithful. And so we looked at ministries that were doing that across the country. And one of the number one things we found here in the West, here in America, it's when difficulty comes in your life is when people are like, Oh, God allowed this. How can you allow this? And that's when they're gone. Um, and we, we talked to a ministry that was just coming and listen to people tell their struggle. And it's like, once they got to tell their struggle and, and they said, they said, we don't have to answer them. You know, the Holy spirit will kind of work in that, but it's um, them wrestling with that, with truth. And then I, I met a ministry, uh, I think out of Philadelphia called, uh, well, I get a reimagined faith. And their, their ministry was for young adults just to get them in a room and allow them to ask all the questions they wanted. Mm. And because a lot of times they're just struggling, how does this real life stuff fit in the, the small box of faith I was given as a kid? And so, you know, letting that difficulty rise up and talk about it. Yeah. You actually segued perfect because the question was, what is the struggle in your life that reading and really diving into the book of revelation actually solved that, that led you and propelled you down this road of ministry where it was going to be a focal point. Yeah. Well, well, it didn't start all that, uh, spiritual. It started, uh, so we have our first child. My wife wants to, she's a school teacher. wants to stay home. I'm a pastor living in like the parsonage provided by the church. And we're just like, I'm freaking out over bills. How are we going to make it? You know, how are we going to make it if you're not working? And, uh, and so I like, so I took this paper out at night. So pastor by day, paper boy by night, that I netted like nine bucks after uh, doing that for a while. And so then I'm like, <laughs> oh, I've always felt called to write. I'm going to write. And so I'm like, oh, that'll fix everything. No, I mean, this still didn't, it didn't fix anything, but it got me doing what God had always put on my heart. Oh, and so yeah. in that, I'm writing about what I call overlooked prophecies. And, you know, we think prophecies, we think Antichrist, we think, you know, all this stuff, which is true. But there's also prophecies like, like I mentioned, many will turn away. There's also like what Second um, Timothy 3, 5, the people we lovers of themselves, lovers of money, lovers of, of this, you know, uh, that people turn from the truth. And just begin saying, hey, these, these are prophecies as well. And they're describing where we're going to be. And it was in that that I just got captivated by that many will turn away part. And so as a pastor, I'm, I'm standing up before my congregation like, OK, this is saying the majority of who's here professing would be gone. And what have I done to prepare them? And then I realized all my conversations I have everywhere. It's the same thing. But pastor, I used to be in church. I used to love the Lord. And then this happened. And uh, it's, it bothered me so bad. I just quit. No, I, I mean, we left the, the pastor full time just to speak and, and write on it. Uh, but you, so the begin talking about, okay, how do we prepare for these challenges? Well, it's like the Bible has what the challenges are going to be. You know, even if we're not to that point yet, we've got the trajectory that we're on. And so that led me to, to studying revelation. And so one of the things to begin to realize is when we talk about the book of revelation, people don't read it. I mean, we're just relaying like what we saw in a movie or what a preacher said. We've never read it for ourselves. My, I haven't. And uh, I was actually teaching a, a lay seminary class that I, I was directing at the time. And 
I'm teaching through Daniel and uh, Daniel two, the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, and it was always a certain way that I, I viewed this. Uh, and I, I'm pregnant in the weeds here and, and people are going to shut down here, but uh, you know, it's a succession of empires that rule over the land of Babylon. And I mean, to me, it's a timeline from Daniel's life to the return of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so if you find yourself in that, man, we know, we know everything, you know, we know where we're at. And, and typically it's always Rome is considered these legs. And we, we always talk about Western Rome. We talk about this uh, revival of a, you know, Roman empire. And so I'm going to class to teach that. And on the way there, I'm like, wait a minute, there was an Eastern half of Rome that lasted like a thousand years later. <laughs> and, I, and, and I'm like going to class, like, holy cow, how come we've never talked about this? How come I've never heard anybody say that? And so the whole class was just me like saying, I don't know. I don't know now. And uh, <laughs> I leave that class, drive an hour away to see somebody in the hospital that, that went in while I was teaching the class. So it's like midnight. I'm driving back. I'm listening. Don't judge. I'm listening to Michael Savage. And um, he has a guest on there teaching from Revelation 17, which is really parallel to Daniel 2. And he begins start giving another option there and talking about the Eastern half. Crazy. I mean, that was just like wow. boom, boom. And I'm leaving the next day on a trip. I, I, I just quickly downloaded a book on it. And it was from there. I just begin to realize I don't study it and read it for myself. Even though I, mm. you know, done my undergrad in Bible, I had done seminary and been pastoring, leading a, a lay seminary and all that stuff. I just really hadn't read it for myself and, and it began to really change things. And so then it began, okay, if, to prepare people for challenges, we need to know these things, but we've made it so difficult. Uh, we've made it so complicated. And so I went on a mission just to say, how can we simplify this? How can we get it down just the bare minimum? How can we just get it down to that? We can say, we know for sure these things, and that's enough for us to understand the scenario. And, right. and so we began, ministry actually started as, as called Prophecy Simplified. So I'm doing these seminars on uh, Prophecy Bold Down. And then it was a reminder, Lord, just place my heart and check it. It's not about just teaching this head knowledge. It's about helping people remain faithful. And, uh, and you know, that's just, this is just a component in it. And so that's when we come back to the Stand Firm side. It's a long story there, but it's, uh, but it, it really began with how, how do you help people remain faithful? Well, we've got the answers. Uh, we've got to know it, you know, and people say, well, we're not there yet. Maybe not, but we're on that trajectory. I mean, this is where we're headed. Mm-hmm. And so we, we should be able to know a lot. And what's amazing when you dig into it, when you, when you take off all your presuppositions and you, you just, when I say, put your heart and mind in neutral and just let the scripture move you around. Right. It's a, it's amazing what's there. I, I think that's an awesome direction to go in the sense of, okay, so I can study these things. Mm-hmm. I can, I, I don't have to panic about these things. Yeah. It's watch. It's not a fatalistic idea. This is just a, a, a it's, it's me preparing. Okay. Maybe not necessarily me, but I'm preparing the next generations. Yes. I think that we That's forget to part. speak these things. Yeah. I think we forget to speak. The other day, we're like, okay, so we're looking at parasites. I'm just, this is just a analogy, <laughs> but we're looking at parasites. We're looking at worms. We're looking at deworming. And we're looking at how society in the U.S. has moved away from deworming. And we're sitting there trying to understand it. So you ask my mom, and I go, okay, mom, well, do you, do you deworm now? She goes, no. And I said, well, you, did you ever deworm us? And she said, no. I said, well, did your mom deworm you? And she said, yeah, she used to make us eat garlic and bread, you know, once a month or once every couple months. And, 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 and that would, was one way to deworm kids. Oh, I'm just getting freaked out. I've not been dewormed. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but we won't talk about what happened when we did it. But, um, 
<laughs> we'll leave that for another episode. Dun, dun, no, just, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Demons, y'all. Demons. No, just kidding. Yeah, just kidding. crazy. But, uh, but my mom, you know, and so, I, so, I'm, so I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this and, I'm, and it gives me that, that idea of, of the Bible and how we're supposed to raise up generation to generation to generation. And we're failing even on the deworming of a piece of garlic and a piece of bread. And I'm like, okay, so we study these things because I think that the smaller prophecies are very important. Yes. Um, Cause I yeah. can sit there and say, well, there's nothing new under the sun, but when you get in second Timothy three 13 and it says that the evil men will become more evil and, and, and be more deceiving. It's like, okay, wickedness is going to grow. Yeah. The, the amount of wickedness is going to grow. Now this is not new wickedness. It just means it's going to, more widespread, more widespread, right. more people. And and so these little things are very important, especially because we don't know. I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't know if they're going to shut us down. I don't know if tomorrow I'm going to turn on the Internet. And they're going to be like, yo, uh, Christian, we don't your Bible is hate yeah. speech. And, and we don't want you know, we don't want this hate speech up on our platform anymore. And so I just don't know. But I really don't know for my child. And so when we were teaching her now, that's why, you know, OK, y'all, you can say what you want. Why we say, OK, there's demons. We talked to her very real at two. We, we, we are very real with her. She's very, but she, she comprehends it well, mm-hmm. but it's important for them to understand that the, this is not a battle of flesh and blood, but this is a battle of the principalities and the air and, and it's a spiritual warfare. And yeah. I need her to her heart to be prepared for that. And so I, I think that what you're saying is beautiful. and What your ministry is doing is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm, I want to know, like, I, I kind of have a love hate relationship with these kind of questions, but I would say like, if there's. <laughs> If there's one thing that you have found like the most, not even effective, but the thing you've seen like click in people's heads the most or wake them up the most, like if they're like, I don't really get why this is applicable or whatever, like, but that thing that you say um, or that they realize that really helps it click and become more relatable because I got saved off the book of Revelation. It's the first book of the Bible I ever read from back to front. Oh, you're one of those. (laughs) Yes. Or front to back. I'm one of the few. And, uh, and I saw God's grace and love in yes. it because I read it annotated. I can tell you, I knew to look up annotated because I was not going to figure it out on my own. I didn't have the Holy Spirit. How was I going to do? It? And uh, but but most people are like, oh, that's just that's just to this, that, or the other for me to understand. And so so what has really helped people realize and and made it click for them that the book that has yet to fully happen is very relevant for them. Yeah, that's a. Uh... So I can't just give one answer because it, it's, it's been a, a few things for different, for different yeah. people. Um, and I will say it's so important what you said about generation. So, cause we feel like there's five areas that we're not t- telling kids the full story, the end times our relationship with Israel, God's plan with Israel, the unseen world, demons, uh, spiritual warfare, and, and that we're meant to just completely follow Christ. I'm sure there's more, but that's the five we, we focus on with kids mm-hmm. and parents. And so we may not be that generation at the end, but like you said, a generation is, and we've got to keep passing down the truth. And so that I think it's a big deal. First, you look at people, why we should teach it. Uh, but for things that that's just really clicked with folks, I think one is, and we, we see this as we're doing like home Bible studies, it's just treating it as, I don't want to say story because it's, it's not a story, but let's don't just argue about who the two witnesses are. Mm. Let's just say, Hey, there's two witnesses in this deal right. <laughs> and go on, you know, let's just stick with this, just know the story. And so that's brought relief I, for, from one area uh, that we, we see. Uh, one of the, the biggest starting points though, for people, I think beginning to really question if they've just taken a packaged <laughs> peel of the uh, end times and not just read it for themselves. 
Uh, I think it's, it's the Daniel too. looking at who this final empire is. Uh, I, one of the, the great reads out there is Joel Richardson's uh, book, uh, Islamic Antichrist or Mideast Beast. Uh, to me, that's a tipping point for a lot of folks just to say, oh, let me reevaluate some things. Uh, so, I mean, those two, I think, are so, you know, just treating it as a story. I think that particular doctrine is a place to to to, to start. Uh, but really what is, has seemed to click the most is I, I do a, a seminar called You're Here, and we look at where are we in this prophetic timeline. And we talk, I, I talk about all the signs that we hear. We can't measure them. You know, I mean, yeah, sin's going to increase, but how much? You know, what's the quota? You know, earth, right. there should be earthquakes. What's the quota? Uh, <laughs> but I think, Daniel, too, I think if you, if you figure out where we are in that timeline, it's a little more measurable. I think the return of the Jewish people, which happened right before our eyes, is is measurable to, to a certain degree. And just talk and, and looking at that point, that's really been the point for someone to say, oh, my goodness, uh, this really is something we need to take serious. That, that worked for my wife. So my wife is extremely supportive, but she's like this prophecy thing. When we started down this, this journey, she's like, I, Jake, I just rather talk about something positive. Uh, now she's, <laughs> she's full on. I mean, she, she's not going to listen to all my shows or, uh, you know, she'll listen to this one because we're talking about kids and you guys are cool, but you know, she, <laughs> she's not going to listen to you know full thing of mine, but I read, read one of the, the books I'm recommending, but uh, she's like, okay, I see the point now. I mean, this is, this is something we need to talk about. So I know that's like not, not an easy answer, but I, th- I think again, let's go back to this, just just consider it part of the story. Let's don't just get in the weeds. Let's see the big picture. If someone wants to jump in and dive a little deeper, let's look at who is this empire in Daniel 2, really check out Mideast Beast. Uh, but then I think seeing, seeing the timing, and we, we do have that video you are here. We have actually have that on our on our YouTube page. So if somebody wants to check that out. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, I, when I look at Revelation, when I look at end times, when I look at the progression towards or the road to revelation. There you go. Let's shout out our, 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 our <laughs> season. season right? eight. Yeah. yeah. Season eight. What road to revelation? Um, it doesn't discourage me. It encourages me. But what does that encourage me to do? To do what God has called me to do, yeah. to share his message. Uh, you know, it, you can, people can look at it in a whole, diff- whole bunch of different ways. But at the end of the day, for me personally, it drives me because where the world is going without Jesus has a huge impact on my heart and, and, and really like just it's saddening and it, and it, and it's like, I don't want people to go there. And I granted, I know that people will, but it's, but that's a driving force for me. Yeah. And, and it's always been that way. So I, I know people, I've been called fatalist. That's why I kind of threw that word out there. <laughs> earlier. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, it's okay because I think that we, we're, we're not fatalists. We're, we're optimistic Yeah, and, and, and it's yeah. healthy and we have hope. And so I, 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 on that, I just, when, and we always ask this question, what is, what is that one thing? And, and we kind of said, you said there's multiple points, but I'm going I'm to go at it again. One of the most important things in your family that you instill into your children. And, and, well, and I mean, that you just really, that, that is your, I know prophecy is your thing, but what is yeah, no. that one thing no. that you're just like, we're not going to bend here. Yeah, because prophecy is just part of it. I mean, it's the whole right. counsel of God. I mean, right. as you guys would agree. Well, you, as I've done all interview, I cannot do just one thing. Uh, I would, I would say two. One, your regular time with the Lord for us. I mean, our family. It's the quiet time. Uh, so in 2014, I mean, after being in ministry for 15, 16 years, um, me and my wife just made this commitment. Uh, no matter what, we're gonna get in our daily time with the Lord. I mean, that's no matter what. So as 
you know, stay at home mom. She's got kids crawling, you know, kids crawling on her and she's, she's getting it in as a pastor. Like things may come up, but it may be four o'clock and I'm not, I'm not quitting. I'm still going to get this in. Um, and, and really building that habit. I mean, because we need to hear from the Lord. You talk to persecuted countries and those, those believers, they're like, it's a matter of life and death that we hear from the Lord and we're walking in the spirit and, and you can't walk in the spirit without the word. So I'm able to throw a third one in there. Uh, so number one, and I, I always like to say, parents, you want your kids, you want to get caught. <laughs> you want to get caught in the act of doing a quiet time, doing a devotional time. Mm-hmm. And our, our kids, I mean, it's the journals, prayer journals are like the most sacred thing in our house. Uh, but the other part of it is, is getting on mission. I mean, like you've said, I mean, being motivated. And so finding ways within the household. And, and I've talked about it forever. And, and we're just now kind of really diving in after I've been doing this for quite a while as a family. Uh, one is, is have some type of way that you're able to get people in your home or get to their home. I mean, you know, some, you know, we, we feel like churches need a structure in which you're going to do the great commission, not like it's a weird thing you add in. And so, you know, we are doing it through multiplying home groups. Uh, we're also as a family, it's just, we, we just talk about, Hey, we're going to talk to people, you know, we're just, you know, we're going to put ourselves on the path of people and you know, our kids are, you know, it, you know, sometimes we're like, Oh, we got but, you know, <laughs> with that. Uh, and then we, we just, uh, something that we're hoping to bring in through uh, Stanford parents is, is family mission trips. Um, and so we actually are going one on a family this summer and we're going to take some others uh, with us. And it, it's kind of like exploratory how this thing going to look, but we're hoping down the road, we can partner families with missionaries and that they've got this ongoing relationship that really connects because I mean, we we get if we get our kids in the mission, I mean, they see it, they see how real it is, they see the Lord work, and I, I think that fixes a lot of things uh, that we're trying to do in a lot of different ways. Awesome, yeah. awesome, I love it. And if you guys ever want to come up this way and, and learn what rejection is, oh, just, just, <laughs> yeah, I, hey, we man, got we got we got a room, we got a place for you to yes. stay. <laughs> you can just call that your little mini mission. <laughs> yeah, no, but, I was uh, I was literally no. about to invite the same <laughs> offer. Yes, uh, I was like, but also let come. us also let us know what you're doing because uh, yeah. who knows, Watsons might jump in on that. Yeah, and, and figure it out. Plus, plus we got we might have some yeah. ideas for you. Yeah. for mission is around. That'd be world. awesome. Yeah, we, we're yeah. in the early stages. We we reached out to one mission mission agency, and they're like, well, let's do it. Uh, can you can you can you lead it? <laughs> you know, so it's, 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 <laughs> you reach out. But anyway, yeah. Nice. So yep, that's nice. the catch. And, and, and just think, we got 744 churches globally. Yeah, Greater that, Grace. That Greater yeah. Grace does that you could tap into. And they always love to have people come and yes. visit. So That's yes, incredible. Sure. Yeah, no, yeah. we need to talk on that. That would be incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But hey, I, I love what you're doing, brother. Uh, love the book. Love everything that you're, I mean, I, I, there's nothing I can even say right now. Except for, man, I was just so excited <laughs> just to talk to you. I think we could probably go another like three hours on this one. But uh I've really enjoyed having you on and, and hearing everything that you have to say and, and the direction that you're taking kids, um, not just kids, but people, um, parents, showing parents how to do this, how to raise their kid, kids up in a way that we're not holding back from them, that we're actually giving them the full, the full biblical gospel, the full Bible. You know, we're not just staying in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. No, we're, we're, we're venturing out into leadership and, 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 and prophecy and all of these awesome things that the Bible gives us. The reason I think I agree with you, we should be reading through the Bible, y'all. I'm, I'm going to say it. Yeah. Uh, but Sean and I do it every year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's awesome because every year it has a different season and it means something different. It shows you something different and it enlightens your world to, to the knowledge of God. And, and what he wants in our lives. But uh, thank you for being on the yes, show, brother. Thank you so much. Hey, and thanks for the opportunity. It's been, it's been yes. fun. Yeah, wait, no, every wait, time. Please everyone, again, this is just fun. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. We, uh, should, we should do a live. We 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 kind of parked on that for a little bit, but I think in 2022, we'll, we'll jump back into lives and, and have some live discussions about this with some Q&As and, and all that fun stuff. Um, 
But yeah, no, thank you so much. All the links to all your stuff is going to be at thepantrypodcast.com under this episode's show notes so that you can go plug in, get all the books. The cover art on some of these books is so legit, by the way, guys. Um, But you can go ahead and support Jake, his ministries, his books, and also take part in those resources. So until next time. Bye. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I don't like... Thanks for listening to The Pantry Podcast. Subscribe to the show wherever you listen and check out other great shows on the Edify app and Eternity Ready Radio.